Welcome to the Weekly Roar, I'm Grant Brunner. And I'm the Prince of Darkness, I mean Jared Rousseau. This is episode 758. Jared, what animal are you thinking of today? Uh, wow. That's a good question. Um, I, I guess I'll go back to the answer that I've used before, but my sister has a cat named Pongo, um, and because she will never hear this podcast, uh, I'm working on a special birthday gift for her involving some artwork being done about this mm-hmm. cat. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty excited. Good deal. Pongo. P-O-N-G-O. I'm going to go seal. Got myself a new 2023 calendar, uh, and it's baby animals. And uh, the first one for January, baby seal. It's pretty cute. the most authentically on-brand you thing imaginable is a baby animal calendar. Baby animals. Get get it done. So we watched uh, X-Files. This week, this week we are watching episodes, um, season two, episodes six through ten. And uh, I so I have thoughts on I have thoughts on these episodes. What is what is your vibe on on the five episodes we watched this week? Um, some good ones, some okay ones. But I, I want to say that this season has been more consistently good, but maybe doesn't have the high high and low lows of season one. Mm. See, I I I'm in agreement that we have some good ones and some bad ones, but I I would say that I think that there that in this group of five we have two really, really good ones. Yeah. And then we have we have one really bad one. And that probably my least favorite to date. And then we have two okay but very forgettable ones. I didn't find out which ones are which because I don't think I've like figured that out quite in my head. Um Okay. So I think the the first the first one episode or, or episode six that that we watched is uh called Ascension. Uh and it is the the, the short logline is Mulder attempts to search for Scully when she is abducted by Dwayne Barry, the escaped mental patient who recently held Mulder hostage. This is a this is a two, this, the end of the two-parter that we we started last time. And I think this one is a fucking banger. Now that we can agree on. Um, it has been an extremely long time since we watched X-Files for this podcast. Um, I know the listeners have been asking us ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. They've been tweeting Back at us. In. They've been writing angry letters. Where is the, is the cliffhanger ending of this of this two-part episode? And watching it, I like completely forgot about Dwayne Barry. Mm-hmm. And it was it was good to see him again. Um, yeah, this episode was really good. I um, I think that this is it, like, it, it, this is one of the this is one of the high points so far what are your what are your thoughts generally about uh this episode but then also the the Dwayne Barry arc in general I think I like this second part better um mm-hmm. and I I definitely think that it has all of the sort of beats that you want in an alien conspiracy government thriller like yeah. it is able to both put together a standalone somewhat tense gripping episode of television and mix it with the sort of like two season long alien arc like I now kind of see where it's coming together, especially in some of the episodes later on where they really start tying the Monster of the Week stuff into the larger narrative. Like, I'm finally getting on board. But I will say that anything that involves someone yelling you're too close to this case! That's an order! I will love it automatically. There is, yes, there's this like this whole thing, there's some good Mulder Skinner uh, moments. Some real good stuff. Um, continuing on also like the, the relationship between Mulder and Skinner and Skinner and the smoking man and Mulder and the smoking man, all of that stuff handled pretty, pretty like upfront in the, in these episodes. It, it's actually really doing the work of actually making me like somewhat care. Like I like Skinner now. 
now. Like they're yeah. actually investing in like fle- fleshing them out in a way that I mean, the Smoking Man is like still a, a an evil bad guy. Like he's he's the you know devil horned villain. But like sitting in his home, like watching TV or whatever, like he's still yeah. a guy. Um, and with Skinner, yeah, he's like, a human. He is not. But like they do a good job of of in the in these episodes being like, like he is very powerful and can do a bunch of bad shit. But he is a person that you you can't fi- you can't find him and. Uh, as we'll see later, you could kill him if you wanted to. It, it's he's not he's not untouchable. He answers to a higher power. Yeah, he, he has a boss. You know what I mean? Like he knows stuff, and he's trying to keep things on the on you know like that um that like weasel slick hair back guy who's like mm-hmm. obviously a spy or whatever. Like putting you know putting the thumb on him. Um, Project. Yes, I hate him. Like he's so greasy and oh, I hate him. But he's such a good mm-hmm. character to hate. Um, like this just had a, a, a like Scully in the trunk going up the mm-hmm. mountain. Like, you know, like the, the zip line thing, like like the, the small beat by beats were were like, yeah, this is good. I like this. Yeah. Kill on the cop on the road, like all those like fun little spikes of like, oh, oh OK. And then you get the sort of cathartic like we have to reopen the X-Files. Like, yeah, it's one of it's the real like, fist pumping moments. Guys, such a good episode. It's real good. Like like Skinner Skinner being pissed is good. Yes. And like him, you see him like clearly like he's been simmering for a long time and he just like he doesn't feel like he has that like options like he's he's getting he's getting leaned on by like dod or whatever and i'm sure there's like upper brass of of the fbi that are on his ass or whatever and he's just like finally had it and is like i'm i'm going to like do the only thing that is in my power to to actively like fight back against that and i think that works pretty well now i watched these in like a big block so mm-hmm. my memory might shift between episodes of like what happened where but like this is not the episode where skinner gives that like long speech about him in vietnam right like that's that's another episode i don't remember it's it's so hard especially when I'm not taking notes. It's hard to remember where where the the where where things happen, but um he is a Vietnam guy. That is one thing we do know. Um I think this is good and also I feel like the reason why this is better is because the first, the better than the, the previous, than the first part is like, I kind of don't give a fuck about Dwayne Barry or the way that Mulder feels about Dwayne Barry. Is, making yes. this about Mulder and Scully is, and, and, well, making it about Mulder and Scully on a, like a personal front, but then also like the X-Files versus like the smoking man and, and like the military is, I think, some of the strongest stuff in, in the show to date. Yes. Giving personal stakes to both the audience and to Fox Older is smart yeah. because you cannot just keep like putting these characters in danger for one week and then everything's fine and then you wipe your mm-hmm. hands you go to the next episode and then someone's in danger again or whatever like they had to write around her being pregnant and there are some like fun shots of like aliens expanding her belly and like her mm-hmm. laying on the table and like there's like lots of little fun clues to allude to that um and i feel like they actually did like a legitimately good job of like being able to sort of like have fox Mulder anchor the first half of the season um I like when the episodes are like only have him and there's only either a little bit or none of Scully. Like it, like in small doses, it works. I, I don't think they could like stretch that out for like an entire season, but I need uh, that Scully. Give me that Scully. You, we'll get more Scully. I know if, if we're coming up on, on Scully returning and then being completely fine and healthy and just back to work as normal. Yeah. It does feel like they had to be like, 
Because again, this is not this is not the episode yet. But like when when Scully is back, there's a fair bit of like we have to we have to pretend that like her being gone was really traumatizing or whatever, and be like, and then like have multiple conversations where where Mulder is like, listen, you should take some time off, and Scully's like, no, it's fine, I'm back here, and I am going to be in the, all the episodes from this point. I've missed too much time already, Mulder. Yes, um, that's stuff uh is silly um anything else about ascension other than uh it it uh it shreds it does shred i like them ascending the mountain hence the title ascension yeah good stuff it's good um the the next one episode seven is title three which is confusing season two episode seven three um i hate this i think this i think this so this is the vampire episode i think this might be my least favorite episode to date one um the here here is here is the here is the little summary uh with scully missing Mulder closes in on the on on quote unholy trinity of vampire-esque killers and finds himself falling for a mysterious woman who is the prime suspect um i think that that stuff's weird i also think that like the way they cl- it, like wraps it up where it's like how do we make it to this this woman who we have to like make into like a weird like <sighs> Uh, like fetish object for for Mulder. How do we make it so she's we don't have to write write her in further episodes? I, I could I could easily have seen this being like a fun spin-off TV movie. Like this could have been like fleshed out a little and made its own sort of standalone thing. Mm-hmm. Um I, I took this episode, you know, vampires, sexy nightclub stuff, California. Um I, it does I, some pathologizing of kink. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. But like it's got, you know, like the guy yelling about like the lights are too bright in the interrogation room and then he like melts and he comes back. Uh and then, I, I don't know. It was just, it was just a big, fun, goofy, fun time that felt different than a lot of other episodes, both plot wise because Scully's not there and because it's vampires, which is so like sort of traditional and modern as compared to like something that's so like just, you know, a guy who stretches and is like a bug. Um, and it's just like even the aesthetics of it or it just looked different than a lot of other episodes, which is very much just like East Coast, sad, rainy, foggy, you know, kind of noir stuff. Um, I didn't mind this at all. I mean, yeah, the ending is like, is, is is ridiculous and and stupid and like if you think too hard about like what is actually going on but like i didn't it didn't bother me yeah i really didn't have a good time but also so like in in the show i i understand like structurally in the show you have to have a moment where you are like explaining things to the audience about like the thing that you're doing. So like Perferia is the, is the thing that you are explaining to the audience in here. I wish that we, and we had the similar like with, with DNA, like when, when they found, uh, like non earth DNA, um, where Scully is like explaining what DNA is to the DNA specialist. And it's like, what are you doing? Stop. Don't do this. Make her explain it to Mulder or something. Is the same problem we have here with Perferia is that you have like the, 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 um, the guy, the, the, the guy who's like examining the body and he's like, I'm going to introduce Perferia in here. And then you just have Mulder read like the Wikipedia summary of Perferia to him as like, why are you telling this to the guy? I understand that you're, you need to explain it to the audience, but you can't find any better way to explain it to the audience than telling it to the person who already knows what it is. 
just a refresher, just to make sure he's he's up to speed. Uh, it kills me. Like like it's the one it's the one person you shouldn't explain it to. Literally anybody else in the entire episode, any other character, you could explain it to them. You could have a scene where you're like, and then disease, and then if you drinks a little bit of blood, then you'll be okay. But is that vampirism? Like if you had done that to literally any other character, it would have been fine. But no, it's like ah, eh, we gotta get this out of the way. We'll, we'll just have him. We'll just have him parrot the summary back to the guy. I I can just see you sitting on the couch, like getting so upset watching this, and your wife just walks by and shakes her head, and it just walks out of the room. Like, no, it's not that. I mean, listen, it's not the end of the world, but it's like you see, you see the seams there. You definitely see the seams in in, in this episode of like. Well, we need to get it to the next point. So fucking, let's just go. This is I, like, listen, they're like, listen, this is a filler episode. So fuck it, man. It is a filler episode. But like, I guess my brain is being like, it, it's, it's so saturated with like that, the good stuff, you know, mm-hmm. the, the endorphins and the serotonin and, and all the good chemicals that like my brain chooses to not see the scenes. It's just like having such a good time watching the show. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really enjoying this. That, like a lot of the actual like critiques are like obvious problems problems that like any normal sane person would have i'm just like it's just good to have a show back that just you know this is this is good stuff because i don't get this from a lot of uh modern stuff a lot of modern stuff is uh either way too long-winded and it's just like way too much fluff and it's just like way too much of a commitment or it's the most like perfectly fine-tuned prestige drama but this is like the perfect middle ground of like nostalgia camp and some of it's actually good uh but some of it's yeah most of it's good I, i do think most i think i do think the majority at least of the majority of what we have seen now has been good yeah um anything else about about the episode three uh yeah one final quote uh Mulder has a great line of um you're upsetting me that made that's it yeah just one of those just like that's his he he had a couple really great sarcastic like quips in this stretch Mm -hmm. and I really appreciate his uh deadpan delivery and I if I had more time, I would watch more David Duchovny shows because mm-hmm. I'm not sh- quite sure his range is incredible. Mm-hmm. He probably just plays more David Duchovny and other, you know, like Californication. Mm-hmm. But I like watching what he does. Yeah, it's weird, too, because I think that he's like extremely charismatic on screen. And then every time he's the one that's doing like the 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 like uh, end of show, like voiceover of the of the like the summary of the of the case. I'm like he's phoning this in. Yeah, you gotta have Scully do the the voiceover. It just, I I I don't like when he does the have Dana Scully do the voiceovers. I don't care if you kill that character off. She's doing the end voiceover of the report. He I don't know. I feel like he just like can't he like can't get it together in a in a voice booth or whatever. Um, it's just like like he it's fine. It's not it's not like he's like stumbling over the lines or anything. But there's no there's no passion. If I don't see his face and he knows I can't see his face, it's almost like. Like, why even bother? Because, like, half of it is my face, you know? He does have a good face. Like, his natural charisma, it's like, he's got to be on screen. And if it's just him doing VO, it's just like, do you remember the game 13 from Ubisoft? I do remember the game 13 from Ubisoft. Okay, that is one of my favorite games ever. And and it is a David Duchovny joint. And he's so bored in his performance in that game mm-hmm. because it's not him. He's just doing voiceover. Mm-hmm. And he's terrible. He just talks like this throughout the whole game. I have amnesia. What? Not a good voiceover actor. Mm-hmm. No. 
Uh, I do that, not to do too much of a sidebar, but I feel like that was one of the first times I was like snookered by an, uh, by an aesthetic and that like, I'm like, I love the way this looks. This looks cool as shit. And then you get it and it's like, here's a very underwhelming first person shooter. I, I love that game. We can talk about that more after, but like, it looks great though. It's a great art style. Um, the third episode we watched, which is, uh, season two, episode eight, one breath um the other banger just a total banger a a a top tier this is a top tier x-files episode this is also an excellent episode i think when you said that there were two great ones and then like two okay ones and then one really bad one i didn't Mm -hmm. know what you were talking about for like which one is the bad one but i agree Mm -hmm. this episode rocks and uh i'm not quite sure they can pull off unique special episodes like this because Mm -hmm. you have to create like such a weird dynamic of like kill off one of the characters and she's going to be in like a coma and there's going to be like an angel nurse and then we're going to like incorporate those like the nerdy guys what are they called the the three nerdy dudes the lone gunman the lone gunman yes thank you um your favorite characters on the show and like (laughs) more government conspiracy stuff and like um the deep throats you know second uh i don't even know what that character's name is like the replacement deep throat yeah like it's got so much going on and it works and then there's like scully's family and if i wrote that all down on a piece of paper and said like here's what this episode has i'd be like whoa that's too much what but it, it it works but it's like this is like the culmination of the first eight episodes of the season yeah this very much feels like here is like we have been building to this in so far in the season and like now we have done the thing and we can breathe for a little bit and until we're building up to the next to the next big arc i I definitely think an episode in which one life is saved and one Mm. is taken in a parking lot broom closet Mm. you got a good episode on your hands Mm. Uh, so here's the here's the summary scully miraculously appears in washington dc hospital unknowingly supervised by a nurse who may never have existed. Um, I don't know. I don't feel like they do that much with that nurse. Like it is like they do it and there's a like reveal and it's like, Oh, is it Scully's like guardian angel or some shit? But it really does feel like it really doesn't feel like they do much with that. Like they, they introduce it and like you see that lady a couple of times, but unless you have the context of they're going to do a reveal, it's not exceptionally like you're not really spending a lot of time thinking about that lady. It's her religion and faith manifested into like, you know, Oh, X-Files angels. But like, it's this nice lady who kisses her on the head. And then the whole necklace thing about like the the cross, you know, like right. what Scully believes in. Uh, it's not something that like Mulder knows of and is mm-hmm. like hiding a secret. It's like oh, angels exist or whatever. It's just like for her. It's like oh sure. yeah, maybe in that coma I was dreaming about a guardian angel. I just you know just like, I don't know. I thought that was like a cool, a neat thing. It's not like it's you know yeah. We have to investigate guardian angels. Yeah. Well, I just it just feels like it feels like when they were when they do the reveal that that lady was not physically there that they expect me to be like whoa. And I'm like, okay, there you go. That's fine. Um, so this is the episode in which I saw it and immediately had to look up what the fucking deal was with Scully. And like, why is everything so weird in these first eight episodes? Um, specifically because they have Scully there and the way they arrange poor Jillian Anderson, they just p- pile her breasts on top of her. It is just, it is ridiculous. And I'm like, what the fuck is the deal with this? And then I look it up and it's like, oh, she was was pregnant during this time and i'm like oh those are like pregnancy breasts like they were just trying to make do with what was going on here this makes it it is visually wild when when you like hey scully's back also she's stacked now grant i am a horny man i i i can admit that but there's just it seemed like
like they were putting pillows under. It was wild, and, and that's what this is why I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? It's preposterous that those were real. <laughs> yes, but and when you when you when you actually understand the reality of the situation, it's like, okay, okay, yes, I see, I understand this now. Why Scully was like. Not necessarily, like, not there, but why she was in an extremely reduced role in these first, you know, like, this first part of the of the season. It all, like, clicked in as soon as I understood that. Could they not have just put a blanket over her or something? I just don't. Like, I don't it's, know. It's distracting. I don't know. I, I, I mean, decisions were made, but, like, it's fine. And then also, like, there's the shot of, of her with the pregnant stomach, which, which if you didn't have the context of, of the real world, you would just be like, that's a prosthetic. Surely that's a prosthetic. Hey, man, I thought, I thought a lot more to her anatomy was prosthetic aesthetic uh but yeah i gotta tell you if if you're if you're just a real horny guy this episode had a hot sister with a choker like a 90s choker good stuff had a lot of jillian anderson just laying there being smoking hot not even doing anything and had one of the lone gunmen hilariously show up with a bunch of flowers being like this woman i sent for could die i have to i have to pay my respects to this oh that guy sucks oh he sucks so bad And then he smuggles so out her chart in his pants. It's real so, fucked up. So fucked Like, also, because it's, it's so funny, too, because, like, oh, oh, if this was written today, you would just, with your phone, you would take pictures of the of the chart. You would just go, and you'd have it all on your phone. Uh, no, no phones. People didn't have, people didn't have cell phones with a, with high resolution cameras in them yet. Well, um, the X-Files could have came up with that. They could sure. have invented that. Um, lone gunmen, they're on the cutting edge. This is beyond the cutting edge. Um, I, I think this is a, broadly a very good. Also, uh, her. Uh, so, a couple of things is all overwhelming as I thought. As soon as I thought about Scully's family, um, I think that the relationship that Scully's mom has with Mulder is very interesting and very cool. I think that works well. I think it's very funny that he sees her and is like Mrs. Scully, which is like obviously the case, which is true, which is like a, a way you could address them, except that we spend the entirety of of the show calling the character Scully instead of Dana. And so it's just like, it would be like, hi, Mrs. Jared. <laughs> yeah. Even when the dad has like the, the name tag on his like Admiral suit and it says Scully. I'm like, you're not Scully. Oh, that's right. It's the dad's the last name. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, the dad. So it's kind of wild because he's also um, a dad. He's a major character in Twin Peaks. And he also has, he is like a dad who then dies and is like this weird supernatural um, being an entity in Twin Peaks. It's fucked up. Really typecast. Yeah, it's, he really is like, okay, well, he he is military guy who's a dad and also is spooky. Grant, uh, this episode has some great early overacting, like, how did you get her? You know, just like freaking out. And then like mm-hmm. the whole like intense discussion of like, I used to be you. I got in yeah. too deep and now I know stuff, man. And then he, it's like the silhouette murder, like, and then, and then that's like the top of the top. And then you get this like beautiful, subtle, like her in the boat, mm-hmm. just like drifting in the water. And like the characters are just standing there. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Jesus, man, this show can be really good when it just chooses to be really good. Yeah. And then you get great laugh out loud, loud lines like, but we only just met. Mm. God. Um, all yeah, time. it's it, it's good. It's a it's a good episode. I'm also extremely glad that Scully is back. I, I could I could use more of her hot sister though. If she just showed up wearing that choker, I'd be like, oh. Dana's sister, what's up? Jared, you know there are websites that you can use to take care of yourself before you watch The X-Files. 
Um, so, anything else about One Breath? Um, one of the best the show has done. Yeah, it's real good. It's real, real good. Firewalker is um, the ninth episode of the season. I, I, this is so forgettable. This is such a nothing episode. It's, it's okay. I don't, I'm not mad at it. I'm, there's nothing about it that's like, I'm so disappointed in you, X-Files. It's just like, I'm trying, I just watched it. I literally just watched it for the second time, and I feel like I have nothing to say about it. Grant, what if The Thing, but hot? Uh, yeah. Uh, what if The Thing was hot? What, what if, if The, the thing, thing, but hot? Yeah, The Thing was wearing some, like, uh, six-inch heels. No? No. Um, when a moving shadow appears on video transmission from a volcano, a volcanologist asks Mulder and Scully to investigate the incident. Uh, do you have anything you wanted to, to talk about with Firewalker? I I have a few things. Um, usually when you see footage of a shadow moving, it's of people looking into space on like other planets and then they see something move. And this mm-hmm. was cool that it was like the center of the earth. Um, yeah. But I think the biggest point of irony is that when I was young in the early 2000s, there was a movie with David Duchovny called Evolution. Oh yes, it was. It was one of those movies that was like heavily promoted, but seemed fucking terrible. It's not good, but I watched it as a kid, and it is about silicon-based life forms mm. and what they use to defeat the aliens that rapidly evolve throughout the, like the movie. Like every hour, like the the creatures would evolve into scarier monsters. Mm-hmm. Is that they had to use head and shoulder shampoo to kill the monsters? Whack! Because of like some chemical in the head and shoulders and silicon or something. And I just kept this movie. Like, sounds as bad as I thought it was. Yeah, it's not good. Um, But I will tell you that one of my favorite character actors of all time shows up on this episode, and I was very delighted. Give it up for Bradley Whitford, everybody. Bradley Whitford. Oh, also, um, Shawnee Smith is in there, right? If I knew who that was, I would. I would. The the lady. So I I mean I knew her from Becker. Um, and then also she's in the Saw movies. Oh, she's the Saw assistant. Yeah. Yes. Oh wow, I didn't even put that together. All yeah. I wrote down was I hated her haircut. The Becker lady. The yeah, lady from a, Becker. She has a terrible haircut in this episode. Um, it was the nineties. Lots of people had bad haircuts. But Bradley Whitford shows up. I was like, oh shit, they got Bradley Whitford. It's an all-star it's an all-star cast i really um, wanted him to do the the aaron sorkin walk and talk uh as like a, as like an fbi agent but no they do make him a crazy man mm. sure and this is the episode where they do a lot of the of like scully are you sure are you sure that you can exist and she's like no i'm i'm, I'm good i'm good Mulder. i'm i'm good we need to i'm in the cast now and now that i am back from being pregnant uh grant how many times is this show going to do a we see a thing that should not exist but it exists uh uh-huh. They slowly figure out that it is real, even though it should not exist. Uh-huh. Then there's proof that gets destroyed, and then the government comes in and takes all their files. So that I have some bad news. Uh, that's it's kind of the the entire idea of the X Files is that there's a bunch of stuff that's hard to prove. It's almost like that's the entire premise of the show, Jared. But can't they just have the evidence and just put it away in a locker and not have the government come and take it from them every single time? No, the government, the, the fucking like the DOD is going to come and take your shit every time. And that they're the they're the bad guys. Unlike the FBI, whose history is squeaky clean and definitely not run by fascists. Um, anything else about Firewalker? Uh, some cool prosthetic effects with stuff coming out of people's yeah, necks. Weird mushroom guy. 
Um, I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's just like everyone got infected except for me. Yeah. And it, it just like didn't go into it. And it's just like, yeah, everyone there was infected. Um, and there's there'll be no more discussion about any of that. It's the only thing. Well, so that's not true. There's the like the the best part about the like world of The Walking Dead is the idea that everybody's already fucking infected. And it's not like they're the first ones to ever do that. But like it works really well. Is it like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It isn't just it isn't just did you get bit or whatever. It's like if this person dies, it's fucking bad. And you have to get your head removed. <laughs> yes. You're all, all the way off. OFF off. Um, and the last episode that we watched, uh, season two, episode 10, Red Museum, uh, I'll, let me read, let me read the, the summary. The agents investigate a suggested link between a religious cult of vegetarians and the abduction of several teenagers, although they find the disappearances are actually connected and deadly event, uh, connected to a deadly event in their own past. Um, so I think it's important to like talk about the, the elephant in the room, which is that the cult is just like a weird caricature of, of six, right? Like they're, they're, well, yeah, Sikhs, if you want to, if you want to pronounce it that way, but like, that's the only way I've ever heard it pronounced. Um, it's, it's like, it's, it's, they have, they have head, they have head wraps and they are like staunchly against killing of anything. And it seems like they wrote a story about like that uh, like an anti-sick narrative and then they were like you can't do that you can't be like this religion is bad and because of their because they don't like to murder th- or to, to kill animals the way that and they like, dress and yeah yeah and they call like call someone a diaper head and like uh it really feels like somebody wrote it about six and then they were like you can't you can't do it about a real religion you have to make up a fake religion that is just six but it's a red head wrap instead of instead of traditional sick turbans. Yeah, I gotta tell you, Grant, this one did not work for me, and not because I was very upset at the lack of a real museum. I was promised uh-huh. a museum, and there was none. Um, none. It seemed like they had shot this episode in the exact same location as the previous cult in a small town. Like, it they might like they the literally have. Location. Yeah. Um, the only way they made the cult creepy was having a leader type things and having an assistant speak it out loud when it was being mm-hmm. projected. But yeah. Instead of it being creepy to me, I thought it was really funny because they used the line, this is the dawning of the Age of Aquarius, uh-huh. which immediately made me think of the song. Uh-huh. And I started singing the song in my in my head. Right. And then the song led into Let the Sunshine In, uh, which is really just the ending of 40-Year-Old Virgin, where they're all just like singing in like the white mm. garb. Um, mm-hmm. Age of Aquarius. Well, so I couldn't take the episode seriously. And then it just kind of like fumbled the bag on like too many ideas on top of each other. Like it was a hat on a hat on a hat. Yeah, it like, it's not good. Story. Yeah, no. Um, I, I I think that some of the like moments were stronger than the average in three, but um, I don't think that it is a very strong episode. I think like it's okay. Like if you if you disregard the like, oh, these are clearly six. I don't like this. Um, the the rest of it is like this is very um forgettable in every other respect, and I don't think that is exceptionally well executed 
Um, but there's, you know, there's some stuff. I think that like the, 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 like, cause there's like a whole pedophile arc here and that's real weird. Yeah. It's like the components don't fit together, even though independently you, you think that they could be turned into episodes on their own. Like guy living in your house, who's recording you through or like a weird two way mirror. But then he's not the doctor who is then shooting them yeah, with that stuff. Was, that was like so what the fuck? How are these two separate characters and not the same character? That made no sense. Um, kids don't remember how they showed up in the in the woods naked and they have things written on their backs um yeah. creepy cult um growth hormone stuff in cows and people um, yeah that sucks the suitcase of, like... of money and it's tied to, it's like it was just too many things and they did not click together and, and the only thing that i approve of in this episode was uh jillian anderson eating uh, a bunch of ribs and steak at a barbecue place uh yeah i mean like the, that barbecue well it was also it's weird because like if that was just a scene of them eating barbecue I would be like, yeah, okay, that was nice. But it also seems to be specifically shot and edited in such a way to be like, in contrast of like, yeah, fuck you, people who don't eat meat, eat shit. Yes, but I also just want to see an hour of, of of Scully and Mulder having conversation over a plate of ribs. Like that just seems you like want, a like a great episode. You want you want like a you you want like a uh, oh what the fuck is the movie? Uh, 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 my dinner with Andre. Yeah, my dinner with Andre, but just but just uh, Mulder and Scully. No, uh, more like Party of Five, where you just have mm. like famous people just eating BS, w- like a podcast, wait, wait, waiting for Godot waiting for the truth it's just funny to see to see like this very serious scientific fbi agent lady just eating some some barbecue man yeah bib on her you know it's just funny i do love ribs they're good Tastes good. I want some yeah, ribs now. This episode was uh not not, not great. No, no, not great. I mean, like, listen, there were there were moments that there are scenes that are okay, but overall, no, thank you. But uh, the the sheriff's son. Oh know, god, like the, yes. The, yeah, get out of here. Yeah, it's all bad. Like that stuff's bad. Uh, Ascension in one breath, though, bangers, real bangers, some real good stuff. Um, for, for a season that's so long to have like two out of five be like really good. Yeah. Um, I'm into it. I'm 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 still into it. I I think we are now basically. I don't remember if I, I maybe I maybe have watched one or two more, but we are basically at the point where I have not seen the next batch of episodes. Wow! So we're both going to go in fresh. This is exciting. Yeah. Um. So probably the next time we'll do episodes or season two episodes eleven through fifteen. By the way, shout outs to you for rewatching bad episodes again. Well, here's the thing: the bad episodes are the ones that are like the hardest to remember. So it's like, what am I even going to say about this thing that I don't remember? Like, I watched, I watched it all, but I don't fucking remember the things that happened in this bad episode. I think there's maybe only one or two shows that I can, like, vividly remember. Like, even if they're bad, I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's the one where that happens. And it's The Simpsons. And Mad Men. Well, I do think that there's a handful of not great episodes in the first three seasons of Arrested Development, and I could uh, probably probably those. But also, I didn't even watch the fifth season, and I really didn't. I didn't, and I didn't finish the fourth season. So yeah, Arrested Development. Boy, it came back, and it was like, wow, Netflix brought it back, and it was like, oh, you shouldn't have done this. Yeah, don't do that. And like, I know that there are defenders. And I did so the the worst part about season four is that I've I've started watching it and abandoned it twice. I started watching it and abandoning it when it first came out. Uh like I got like halfway through and I'm like 
I'm not having a good time. I'm done with this. And then they re-edited it so that it's more a lot more uh, similar to the other three seasons. And I'm like, okay, well, this is better, but it's still not great. And I um abandoned watching it that way too. The the Job magic stuff has some good moments. The uh Tobias Fantastic Four musical stuff has some good moments. And there's a really great joke where I think Buster was trying to see Lucille and like some new um exclusive club and he shows up as Alex Trebek and it's like oh Mrs. Lucille uh Bluth uh Alex Trebek is here who is Alex Trebek and like everything is like asking a question like you're answering something on a Jeopardy um but for the most part that show so fell off the wheels in a way it was just like what you had all this time and that's what you came up with also every time I think about every time I think about the fourth the fourth season of Rest of Development I think of those cutaways to Henry Winkler in front of a green screen. Oh, and they're God. so bad. Oh. You shouldn't have just not had him. It would be a stronger show if those didn't exist. It's bad. That for I I I mean I think it is telling that like Arrested Development is definitely in the like my top five favorite shows of all time. And I have not even seen the most recent season. It's like, no, 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 I'm good. And also, the fucking, as if, as insult to injury, I feel like I can't even watch the first three seasons now because it's just fucking Trump. Like, the, the real world has bled in that, like, it's no longer fun parody anymore. It's like, the real world has, is, is as stupid as the parody now. I mean, a lot of that, like, Bush era stuff, like, you know, like the Iraq war stuff, like, yeah, I guess the family dynamics i'm thinking about like the actual trump kids or whatever it's just it's just the trumps the 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 bluths are the trumps um i'll never forget that i had to suffer through season five because they teased a like who killed lucille two and then Uh like the whole show tried to make you think it was like going in different directions and i think in like the final episode it was just sort of like this like dumb offhand like buster was like oh yeah and then i i I killed her you're just like what and then but she like wasn't dead or whatever it's just like and then they tried to end it on like another cliffhanger of like Lindsay was becoming a politician like buster was going to jail or something like just so dumb just so stupid yeah no uh hard pass on that one um also there's some stuff in the third season that has aged like milk it's It's not great not good it's not good um you want to do do you want to do your goatee your your do you want to do top 10 top five um well how did you guys do it when you discussed your goatee so the way we've done it and I do think that this was like the 10th time that we've done it is we, we, so what it, it was just Rob and I, cause Laughlin was, um, otherwise busy, but we would, we, we went back and forth this time. What, the, what we were doing previously when there was three people on the podcast was, I would do five, or, or Lawson would do five, Rob would do five, I would do five, and then do another cycle. So like they're like five through six, or, or I'm sorry, ten through six, and everybody does their their ten through six, and then and then everybody does their uh five through one. So you could just do your, you could just run down your uh your top ten if you'd like. Yeah, I'll, I'll burn through it. Um, only because I, I feel like my sort of like Steam Deck adventures during the holidays, where I brought my Steam Deck to both of my parents' house and just played a lot mm-hmm. of indie games that I got. Mm-hmm. from the winter sale is like maybe more interesting um but removing the fact that i jokingly put elden ring in my top 10 three times going to put that aside boo this man one of the greatest games ever made um back in college i bonded uh with some good friends of mine over borderlands and that was a mm-hmm. very fun jaunt for us all 
And so finding out that Tiny Tina's Wonderland was actually pretty good and not as horrifically bad as three, that makes it number 10 on my list. Well, I I, uh, I purchased it because it was on sale. Uh, the, once once Rob and I are done with Borderlands 3, we're going to go into Tiny Tina. Uh, doesn't overstay its welcome. Has some interesting new sort of like, you know, like a lot uh, of melee focus, right? You can if you wanted to, but it's just like, you know, it just has some like interesting little like twist on like creating your own character and the skill trees and magic and like different types of um uh, the ways that I kind of flip guns on like medieval crossbows and and, mm-hmm. and staffs and axes and how they kind of like turn that into Borderlands-ish guns. Um, I like a lot of the new characters they introduce. Um, it, it was like, I was like, oh, wow, this doesn't suck. Like, this isn't miserable to play through, like having to listen to everyone talk in three or hear all the jokes in three or um, boy, boy, it's three disappointing. Uh, well, we've met we've met Tina in three, and Tina is way less annoying in three than she is in previous games because she's grown up. Yeah, and there's like no claptrap for the most part in in Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Like, oh, that's a lot excellent because claptrap fucking sucks. A lot of the stuff that like were in previous games, they like kind of got rid of because they're like, trying to focus because that's on miserable. A different path. Um, I hate claptrap so much, and like I generally have good thoughts about about Borderlands. But goddamn, does every bit of writing from out of Claptrap's mouth suck. LOL. Um, number nine, Ghostwire Tokyo. Another surprising game where I was like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Okay. Banger. I hope in, in a potential sequel, they really improve upon all of the uh, the things that they either didn't have time for. Um, you know, like, I, like it would have been cool to, like, move around the city vertically and, and not in a way where you have to, like, kind of slingshot up to some rooftops and then, like, you're done. Um, more weapon, more enemy. I don't know. Variety. I spent a lot of time on roofs because, like, you get the slingshot points, but then once you're up up there you can stay up there but imagine like running up the side of the building and like being able to fly sure, you want it to become all the way crackdown is what i'm hearing god i love crackdown i love it it is it is most of the way to a crackdown game yeah i just want more crackdown. and you do a lot of like those souls might as well be orbs yeah that's what i that's that's why i like this game i just want more more crackdown inspired gameplay but also um, like all the aesthetics and like are great the animations are great the uh Stores operated by floating calves, great. Shiba Inus yeah. that you feed, little, and they the do side quests, and you go into people's They do a little dig. Uh, there's the shitting ghost delightful uh number eight is mario plus rabbit sparks of hope which is uh boy last year was a year i really got into strategy games um i think mario since, xcom yeah I, ever, I think ever since they rebooted xcom and then into the breach came out mm-hmm. uh, like my advanced wars love of, of like not overbearing but like easy to pick up the, and play strategy games like they really you'll see later on the list like strategy games they're back man they're good they are back in fact we're there's one 10 days from when we're recording a new one coming out yeah, Fire Emblem is like a whole different thing because like that's like a, a, a Harvest Moon persona. Spend half your time talking to people, blah blah blah. Um, I, I just I want strategy. I, I just want the gameplay, but that's just me. Uh, number seven is Stray. The fir- is 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 your is it actually the first half of Stray or is it the entire game Stray? I have to include the whole game. I can't. But I the can't. second half of that game sucks. It's so bad. It's not. It's not terrible. It's not the first bad. half of that game is 
was good. And if it stopped there, it probably would have made my list. But then it kept going. I like that, like, big city at, at the end, that sort of, like, final area where you can, like, go into the oh, store. Oh, you have to and... the jail cell. So fucking miserable. All of the chase scenes, all of the locking. But you're right. You're right. You are right in that there is a lot to like in Stray. So much to like. Again, it's just like, boy, the next time they make one of these, it's going to be real good. Uh, Yeah. I mean, like, and like, it, it surprisingly popular. It turns out people like cats. <laughs> so if you just put a cat in your game, people are like, yeah, a cat game. Uh, Number six, uh, the Pokemon games that came out, mostly Arceus Legend. Legends Ar- Arceus? Arceus? Um, I don't think I've enjoyed Pokemon games this much since 1998. It was a good year for Pokemon. Well, good for the people who cash the checks maybe not good for the people who made them and the people who played them but good for the suits who who got a lot of money because i mean like games out they made big strides in the in like actual like pokemon and like official pokemon but also like rob's top 10 list had like fucking like five like it had pokemon game two pokemon games but it also had like three or four more like pokemon adjacent games that are like games that are influenced by pokemon so like if you're a pokemon like person 2022 was a banger year for that and i I wouldn't even consider myself to be one but I, I guess just because of my lifelong friends like have been such pokemaniacs and mm. i just like I, I i you know i enjoy them i like them i play them i have to engage with my friends on some level um right now they're like in a total like monster hunter uh slash destiny kick and i'm just like nope not engaging I, you know not for me i don't care um but this was actually fun to like do co-op and like you know run around and trade and and do raid battles and stuff like it was like it was shockingly it, it was competent that it worked Mm. It was Scarlet Violet. Maybe I'm like dog shit, but like co-op worked. Co-op ran just fine because I think mm. I think the game is like built on such wobbly knees because they're anticipating you to be playing it four player co-op the whole time mm. that like when most people just play it single player, it's just like, well, why does this game run like garbage? It's just me. But like, really, it should be like you and three friends. Um, they boy, should I take hope, more time to develop their game. I hope they Nintendo sh- smacked somebody in the face when they saw how that ran on Switch. They oh, should man. let them they should let them finish their games before they publish the imo you think so uh number five was god of war ragnarok which is another good god of war game that is not as good as the as four i'm just gonna call it god of war four because there's already a god of war one god of four right right um i don't think i have anything to contribute that people have not already said other than the new puzzle mechanic of you shooting sigil arrows and having Mm -hmm. to either light the thing on fire or freeze the thing is a terrible puzzle mechanic and whoever Mm -hmm. designed that should be fired um that the character work in that game is great the the yes. acting in that game is great yep too much too much for one game too yep. too much too much well because they put the second two games into game a trilogy one. into yeah one's one. it's too it's it's too much like it's good i had a great i, I mean like i'm still playing it i i have so far had a good time but oh my god is that i like i and i made the point when i was when we were doing game of the year stuff when i mean rob and i were doing game of the year stuff is like yeah i spent twice the amount of time like playing horizon zero dawn but it's an open world game and like i I am I am setting the pace for that. And like a good bit of that is doing stuff that is like very like like I'm not paying attention or like I'm not paying close attention. Is that like, oh I'm gonna go collect this or I'm gonna, oh I'm gonna do this side thing. It's not, hey, here is people talking to you for fucking 30 hours straight. Um, which is what this game is. This game is you people talking to you for 30 hours while you're solving world puzzles. It's too much. It is too much, and I don't think they needed to have introduced other playable characters. I mean, I think, I think the Kratos is just fine. It is le- the the combat is less good when you're not playing as Kratos. 
have you gotten to a part in the game where they gave you more weapons to play around with? Mm, I don't think so. We'll talk about that in another podcast. Number four on my list is Vampire Survivors, which is crack cocaine incarnate. You just need your your left thumb to either move on a screen or an analog stick or a D-pad, and that's it. And it works. It's like Kirby Air Ride was like, let's just reduce everything down to like a con- like movement and a button, and it didn't work. And Vampire Survivors was like, what if we just did that but made it work? And it is incredible. It's like Robotron, but with Castlevania weapons and enemies. It shamelessly ripped off Castlevania and has all these fun little secrets to discover and unlock and has just a real smart tight progression loop of like 30 minute run boom you're dead out new run 30 minute timer boom done you're out next one it's great um it, it really strikes me as like in the same <clears throat> in the same way as when touch screens became popular we got the we got the rise of the runner of like okay you're you're like you're tapping the screen to jump and that is the main you're otherwise like going and i feel like it is like a reverse runner or like an inverse runner yeah but it's also like a roguelike and it's 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 just smart it's a smart sure game. i guess what i'm saying is like i'm shocked that it took it took people this long to yeah. be like what if what if the the innovation that we have with runners but what if it was the other way around where you're controlling just the movement and not any of the actions yeah like like runners <laughs> they're just so basic like temple you run. take that back jetpack joy ride is incredible mystic and you know, they're, they're, they're fine in short bursts, which is what they were made for. But like, this is like an actual video game. Like, and I mean that in like, not in disparaging way to like phone games, but it's just like, it is more than just like slide, jump, left, right. Like there's Jetpack Joyride on. is a better game than most platformers. It's a yeah. really good game. I've played a ton of Jetpack Joyride, but like, I love, I love a good platformer. Um, number three is Marvel Snap, which is from the team that made Hearthstone and they have not quite made a Hearthstone killer, but if they can, if they can, keep adding and market correcting and expanding they can they can make a hearthstone killer like i know that they can it's just a matter of like will they but mm. if this is a much larger collectible card game discussion than you you are willing to have because this will go right over your head yeah, I mean, like, I am definitely not a CCG person. Uh, really, really, if the word card shows up anywhere in a description, I go, okay, check it out. Uh, n- I know this game is not for me. So, like, for Neon White, the card in that is just purely aesthetic. Like, it is, like, they could have been, like, a pickup or, mm. you, like, you know, like, a, a gem. Like, it could have been anything. It was, it's just the fact that they are shaped in, like, the form of a card is meaningless mm. to, like, that. But with my number two, which is Midnight Suns, that is a straight up, like, you're building a deck. And the, the cards are attacks or abilities or heals or buffs. And yeah. all of the all of the Fire Emblem talking to people and the story and, and, and your relationship level, like, I, I kind of got through that as quickly as possible because, like, you can invest a lot of time in that or you can just skip through it and just get to the good stuff, which is, like, upgrading your cards, fiddling with your decks, playing the game, and then going around the crypt for Mortal Kombat to find more resources to upgrade your cards, build your deck, play the game, go, you know, like, it, that, that game had me hooked and I really did not see that coming. It's kind of wild, right? Because it was initially pitched as, like, Marvel XCOM 
and then they've done some interviews. Some of the t- team who worked on it did some interviews that are like, yeah, we started being Marvel XCOM, and then we realized, oh no, this doesn't work at all. We have to rethink the entirety of the game. Yeah, because you can't have um, superheroes hiding behind cover, and you don't want a 10,000-foot-tall camera in the sky with like little peons on a big map. You want a really small, tight, enclosed space zoomed in so you can see them doing cool superhero stuff. Um, so that was probably the right approach. You could, but it would have to be it would have to be a very specific kind of game, and it couldn't be like here's all of Marvel. It would have to be like here's a, here's a game in which like it's like a team like well like Nightcrawler is there or whatever, and you can you could you could build a game around that, but you wouldn't be able to just have any generic Marvel character. Yeah, and and this it's it's much more well thought out, and like Captain America, Wolverine, Captain Marvel are your tanks, and like certain you know magic dealers like they're your support and then you'll have like characters like blade or spider-man or iron man be like your dear dps so it's like kind of it's much more like that than just like okay i named my XCOM soldier grant and i put him in a team and oh grant died oh that sucks i really like that that XCOM soldier named grant but i'll just make another one well but if you're austin walker you write 12 pages of lore well, for speaking of, of 12 pages of lore uh number one elden ring we don't need to go through elden ring um i did play a bunch of of stuff on steam though okay what'd you play you ever heard of 1980x i have heard that but i don't know much about it 1980x is something that you would probably be really into and it is comprised of a child in the 80s sort of daydreaming through his life about the games that he wishes he was in so you play like a side-scrolling beat-em-up and then there's story and then there's like a radiant gun ship shooter and then more story and then like another game in a different genre and then more story mm-hmm. and then like it's like it's like five mini games in one mm-hmm. in a in a package of like 80s future sci-fi dystopia neon right uh, i'm looking at it on steam it seems like if you really love 80s games or games from the 80s, um, you would probably get like, oh, here's like, oh, I like, here's the dungeon crawler screen. Here's the driving screen. Here's the, like, the side scrolling space shooter thing. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have affection for all of those, then yeah, I can see why. You would like that. It takes like two hours to beat. It's um, <clears throat> and there's a, there's a, there's a runner. There's an infinite runner. Do you like do you like an infinite runner? He plays like a, a fox ninja dude. Um, doesn't sound as good as a guy with a jetpack. No, but what can be honestly? <laughs> no, nothing. Uh, nothing on this world. <laughs> I played um more of what the golf, which is a really really funny game that has no respect for golf whatsoever. Yeah, golf is weird because, like, my favorite parts about golf are the parts that aren't playing golf. Like, I like a mini golf. That's fun. And I really like, what I really love about golf is going to, like, a driving range and just smacking balls really, 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 really hard. Yeah, this is this is a series of like jokey mini golf that it's like all gags. It's like just nothing but like bits and jokes of like now you're the club and the club's got to go in the hole or like now you're the person and the person goes in the hole or like now you're is the hole. Is this Baba is you but it instead it's golf. No, it's 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 just purely 
twop. It's just like okay. now you're hitting golf balls in space or like now we're going to make fun of Super Mario and you're going to like do the mini golf kind of like the power swing arrow. But like mm. for platformers and for um, Flappy Bird and, for, you know, like just stupid, stupid jokes, just one mm. after the other. A really funny game. Um, this seems like a game like like that premise seems like a game that would be like a flash game or maybe even an early mobile game that would be like passed around in like 2008 it started on apple arcade and then they moved okay. it over to steam but this totally has that vibe of like a, a like a giant bomb like url of the year like a frog fractions or whatever yes. it is it is the closest i've gotten to katamari damasi in its weirdness and its funniness and its uniqueness and its ability to just like completely make the gameplay experience something so like i have not done this before um mm. that's a great that's a great game um I played some Flint Hook and Mercenary Kings, and they're fine. They're okay platformers. I don't think I've even heard of those. You can look them up later. They're perfectly cromulent. Um, I played some Shovel Knight Dig, and I really wanted to love it, but I I don't. And I'm like the world's biggest Shovel Knight fan, but like, but are you a di- are you like a dig game person? No, I like I, Thriller. But like, what about like Steam World Dig? Or you you do like Steam World Dig? I've never played Steam World Dig. Oh, it's so good. I love I love games where you dig. I don't think Ga- this is that. It's, it's, a, it's like a not great platformer and it's but it's like a roguelite and it's no it's, i don't want that yeah i want steam I world dig <laughs> just make another steam world dig is what i'm saying um and finally i i bought some other games but i haven't actually like touched them yet on my steam deck i, I played the looker which is someone's joke attempt to make the witness but done in the style of uh what's, what's a good example of like what they're they're trying to do um Let me look up the looker jazz punk it's like they made the witness okay. but jazz punk it's like let's make fun of the witness it's like an hour long. The witness like, makes fun of the witness. Like the witness is you, you can't you can't. It's so self serious that it is it is in and of itself a joke. The looker is someone who just took like the first level like in in the engine, and they're like, let's just take the piss out of the witness and just like insult. It's like I do like that highfalutin. It's free. You can download it for free. I do like making fun of that guy. It is. It's free. It's an hour long, and it makes fun of the witness, and it does a really good job of making fun of the witness what a pretentious person i think the witness is one of is is like game of the decade material like it's one of the best things of that generation but even i can't defend jonathan blow no that guy sucks um the way the best part of the witness for me is the way that game looks and it's my understanding he, he is not primarily in charge of making the game look that way that is other people making the game look that way have we discussed this game on this podcast i don't think so but um i am huge i have a huge shrug to the witness but i think that it looks it's a good looking game are you aware of what's actually going on with that game? yeah the stuff the puzzles are in the world i don't know the world is the puzzle yeah and then like the i i saw like jeff gersman stream the end of witness of the witness like and shrug early on you just realize that like the rivers and the clouds and like the tree line and everything is a puzzle yeah and it's one of those like it is like one of the most like through gameplay not through like a story twist it is like one of those pure gameplay twists where you're like oh this is the real game like whatever the fuck i was doing that's a joke like oh my god like every 
everything is so perfectly placed that like from any angle you can find a meta puzzle because the world is like perfectly constructed to be like i i don't think anyone is ever able to pull that off ever again like not like that's like a secret language crap like oh my god grand here's the reason why like i kind of like immediately like once i was out of that first area like where you're kind of you're kind of boxed in i just started like i'm just gonna start walking around the whole island and then i walked up the mountain like immediately and i'm like oh you look down at the mountain and it's like oh okay yeah you see you see the puzzle that you like the the style of puzzle you've been solving directly and you look down and i'm like i had spent all of like 30 minutes in the witness and i'm like oh okay yeah the world has the puzzles all right i'm well, I, i've got it i did well, the like, thing in order to pull that off but also like the actual like moment to moment puzzles of just like the game does not tell you what the symbols mean and mm-hmm. it, but it like does a great job of teaching you what the what the what the little symbols mean mm-hmm. like it's like plus one game design of like okay this means that okay now plus one now there's like a little extra step okay now there's like even more hurdles okay now mm-hmm. we're gonna put like that with another emblem which means a different thing so now you got to figure out those two how they interact together i i can't i can't believe human brains came up with that game i love that game i really love walking around all of the different biospheres in the in the game which again each of them has a different type of puzzle within a puzzle yeah i didn't solve very many puzzles oh i could spend all day doing that i had a notebook back in the day oh it made me look like a serial killer it was like a david fincher serial killer level book of my notes and my drawings and like i i I obsessed over it now i'll fight don (laughs) oh my god um the witness looks real pretty real pretty and people really like that game and people are allowed to like that game but man john blow thinks he knows stuff and he does not i don't um, like the first game he made what was the first game he made braid yeah i don't like that. well it's probably not the first game he made the, this first big popular game. Yeah, yeah 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 i have no patience for that uh uh i like braid more than i like the witness but i also find the i also find braid to be kind of pretentious at the same time um is there any did you play anything else uh do time splitters one and two count <laughs> why are you playing time splitters i played through time splitters one and i had the most fun ever and then i played through time splitters two and i was like the aiming and shooting in this game suck and then i turned it off this time splitters the, didn't they put like didn't they hide a remastered version of time splitters two in another game what? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that like an Easter egg and let me see, Time Splitters. No, now I gotta look this up. To remaster, I, it's like it's like hidden within a, within uh inside another oh, game. Oh, in Homefront. Yeah, it's in, yeah, it's in Homefront. It's just it's like here is here is like a remastered version of the game, but it's it's entirely hidden within the other video game. A game, uh, Homefront. Uh, the that Homefront sequel, a game that that nobody likes. Yeah, I like the first time splitters a great deal, and the second one is I, I like it's like unplayable. Like I can't control that game at all. As someone who only had a GameCube for years it, during that generation, I didn't have a, a PS2 until much much later. Uh, time splitters two was one of those games that lots of people were talking about. <laughs> on the GameCube. And those are the um, days. Hey, you hear this game called Black? It's fucking awesome and it's only $40. What? I gotta check this out. Oh my god, this is the greatest game I've ever played. Um, I've played some games. The first one that I want to talk about is I played the demo on PSN of Season, which is that indie biking game <laughs> that people have talked about for so long. And I had, I don't know, like, n- kind of like little to no expectations of it other than because like I've seen the trailers and I know that they have some like, <sighs> 
the pe- like some people who were high up in that studio had some like allegations and there were investigations and yada 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 and that stuff's not great. So like I didn't have particularly high expectations of the game. I really didn't have any expectations of it. But um, the first the first level that that they put they laid like that. I don't know. I think it's like I think they say specifically a spell out like this is like the third part of the game, like the third level of the game, and you, they just drop you in there and you're like recording audio of a place and you're getting some narration from like the the person that you're playing as about the place you're in and why you're there. And you're taking photos of the world and you're, you're, you're doing very, very, very light puzzle solving. It's not, it's not like you're not, you're not trying to do like intricate the witness bullshit or whatever, but like some light puzzle solving and you're like capturing the world. Um, and then once you deal with some of that, you move on to the next part and then you start riding your bike and that's real fucking cool. And it, it feels good on the, on the PlayStation 5 controller and it's real pretty. And then the demo ends and I'm like, yes, sign me up. I would like more of that. So that's comes out at the end of the month it comes out on the 31st of january and i am i'm all the way in sign me up for some season baby i think the first two months of this year maybe only have one game i'm actually gonna play so i I feel like i could use some like smaller indie things if they turn out to be really good um are you not not gonna play forespoken that would involve me paying money to play that and i'm in i want to play forespoken I, like I'm looking at this this list. Um, older personas are coming to Game Pass. I mean, I already paid for Game Pass, but uh, Forspoken, new Fire Emblem, Dead Space remake is the one game I'm gonna play. There's no way around it, Grant. I have to play. Oh no, that I mean, new SpongeBob's coming at the end of the month. Oh maybe you're gonna play that fucking SpongeBob game, but you're not no, gonna play Forspoken. Not at, not at launch. No, I I'm gonna wait for things to come out for a bit, and then if they go down in price, you know, um, nothing in. February fucking Hogwarts Legacy. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, Atomic Heart. Oh god, no, I have to play Atomic Heart. Alright, take that back. What about Tales of Symphonia remastered? I did I did play Tales of Symphonia on GameCube back in the day. I I have such strong uh memories of playing Tales of Symphonia on the GameCube. Yeah. Oh, I probably am not gonna I, I really liked it at the time, but I don't I don't necessarily think I'm gonna get the remastered. A a heavy slate, but just like not a lot of things I'm like, oh the Kirby Return of Dreamland Deluxe, I'll wait down the road for that to be cheap. I I think it does not help it does not help that wild hearts and atomic hearts uh, atomic heart are next to each other on this list and i'm like i hate that i have seen trailers for both of these games and they have made negative impact on me they they have done nothing to me this is not an outer worlds outer wild situation where they're both space games in first person these are Uh two very different games you're telling me the crazy russian bioshock nonsense of, of atomic heart did not make you go huh no, I mean, like maybe, like if it's really, really good and people love it, then like I don't know, maybe. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not itching to play Atomic Heart. The I played Bioshock games a long time ago, and they were okay. The earliest trailers for Atomic Heart, I, I was like, this is not real. This is not a real game. I, I the ray tracing in this is too good looking. This doesn't exist. It's based off of like a Russian novel, and the things I'm seeing in this are just like too creative and too like there's no way. Yeah. And then now it's a real game. I'm just like I, I. I still don't believe that game is real. Well, we'll we'll see you soon. Also, that 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 um the, the this is the first time it's releasing in the West, but it is like a full like Unreal Engine remake of of the of that like Yakuza spinoff, like a Dragon uh, Ishin oh, is coming. Um, I like those games. But like, hey, it's in historical era in J- 
Japan doesn't do anything particularly for me. Uh, but I do I do like the the Yakuza slash Like a Dragon games. They're they're real good. Yeah, I always I always like dabble in the Yakuza games and like I run around Japan and it's like the most authentic interpretation of like what Japan is actually like. And I like playing the arcade games and I like playing all the mini games and then like I'm done with them. Like I don't feel oh, the you don't play like, the, the story's pretty good. I know, but like the bad beat em up stuff that just like goes on forever. It's just like I got my fill of like doing all the mini games and and living yeah, life. Yakuza Six is really 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 good. What else did you play, Grant? Um, I don't. I'm I'm looking at this of this list and there's like uh PlayStation VR stuff that's coming out. That seems cool. I'm not. We're gonna all waiting for RE4. Everyone knows we're waiting for RE4. Just I'm not gonna fine. do that. Uh, Octopath Traveler Two is coming out. I like that first game. Everyone I'm probably not gonna play Octopath Traveler or RE4. Um, the other things that I played, I beat, played and uh, went, got through an ending of Betrayal at Club Low. It is a really weird indie game that looks like a, um, a drug-fueled nightmare world from, like, early, like, some, like, 90s early 3D animation bullshit going on. And so it looks, it looks real low budge, but it's doing it on purpose. It's like, it is an aesthetic choice. And it's a, it is like a dice based, uh, game that in, in the way that, so like, you are, you're doing checks that involve dice rolls and you're doing it through dialogue. So in some ways, it is, it is playing on like a, a game like Disco Elysium, except this is a, like a, 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 a silly little puzzle box. Like it's a, it's a, it's a goofy fun time puzzle box that takes like an hour and a half, two hours to get through one ending. You can, there are more endings. You, of course, you could put time into doing all those things, but, um, it's a cool, weird thing that I'm glad that I played is not very much money. Um, but Betrayal at Club Low, if you, if you like weird stuff, if you like cool art, <laughs> <laughs> Go play uh Betrayal at Club Low. Uh and the other thing that I have put time into, but I've not I've not I'm not anywhere close to finishing, is not for broadcast, which is simultaneously a an FMV game and then also like weirdly kind of like a Five Nights at Freddy's experience where you're so like you're you're pressing buttons to like have different feeds. So like you're controlling the the um the output to a television station and you're like you're trying to like live switch between cuts and you're trying to like at the same time you have to like censor things so like if somebody says fuck on like the thing you have like two seconds to go and hit the censor button before that goes out to live and then bad things happen if you let them say fuck on air or whatever um it is it is a a hectic cool weird like anti-fascist game and i think that that's pretty neat. Everything you just described sounds wonderful. Yeah, not for broadcast. It's pretty cool. Um, it was on. It was. I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was on sale for a while. It might still be on sale on Steam. Um, but I, I do want to go back and put more time into it. But it, it, I, there's just a lot of stuff going on right now. Um, I do want to finish off. Um, God of War Ragnarok. I do want to finish off uh, Crisis Core, which I have been playing and I haven't been enjoying, but uh, it's it's good. I I like that stuff. And then you're like, we are we are like ten days away from video games being back. Like I want to play uh, the new Fire Emblem and I want to play Forspoken, and those are all coming out very soon. So I'm just trying to like in the time that I have to like chug through games that I am currently playing and hopefully finishing off some of them. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius and our backlogs. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and like, man, March is not bad. Like, I'm, I'm looking like Skull and Bones is theoretically coming out. I don't know if I believe that. That Bayonetta spinoff is coming out. 
weird. It's weird. Um, Jedi, uh, Jedi Survivor is coming oh, out. Oh, yeah. Now I like that last game a fair bit. Yeah, because it's fucking awesome. And it's the closest thing to a Souls-like that you'll ever get to actually completing. That's probably true. I will say, the like, in the same way that Deathloop has, like, elements of genres that I don't play, that I don't particularly like, it's like, oh, I am playing this. These are probably the parts of the game I like least, but there's enough good stuff there that I can, I can power through. I think it's the same thing with Jedi Survivor. Like, the parts that are, like, real Metroid-y in the, like, the backtracking, like, the map in that game is not good. Um, the backtracking in, in the first Jedi game, uh, not wonderful. No, and, not at all. uh, kind of the, like, stamina stuff. Well, so here's the reason why it's so much more tolerable is that that game has, um, difficulty settings. Mm hmm. So you can just, if you, if I'm having a bad time, I just, I just dip the t- difficulty setting for a while and it's fine. And if the fucking Souls games were just like, yeah, here's the difficulty setting, then I probably would have fucking finished Elden Ring. I'm in a complete agreement with you. And I'm one of the biggest From Software fans on the planet. And even I think there should be multiple difficulties and sliders and like, I, I, like the way that they do it is really dumb and that it's like they give you the tools like baked into the game, but like you have to like get into it to like find all the things to help you make it easy instead of just easy mode like i'm all for easy mode it's just if they had an easy mode i would probably play those games yeah i totally understand like like seeing the the worlds and the enemies and like tooling around with all the weapons and stuff like just just add it it's free just just add it in i like i don't understand why they like whatever their dumb reasoning for it is is stupid um fallen dynasty is in march and that's neo 3 essentially and i'm i like neo 1 and 2 system shock is coming out in march yeah it's weird like it does seem to be like a full on re like reboot of that game um have a nice death is officially coming out and that's a game i i have been checking out in early access and, and and like but honestly we're all waiting for re4 come on grant i mean listen that is the game like re4 is is the resident evil that i have strong affection for However, it is also the Resident Evil that I have played the most. And, and arguably the Resident Evil that needs an update the that least. Needs a remake the least. But it is an, a new interpretation on one of the greatest games to ever come out ever. And if you it's put a really gun important. Head, if you put a gun to my head and said, has anything come out since 2005 that's better than RE4? I would have been like, Yes, that's true. Like, listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm not at all downplaying the importance of that game. I think that it is, it is one of the most influential games of the last Ever. 20 years. Ugh. Um, but there are games that are much better than that game. Like that game has flaws. That game's pacing is maybe not what uh, you want it to be, but it's good. I liked it. I played it on the GameCube. People talk about like the parts about that game. They, they get rid of like the things they cut. I can't think of any. I love that game to, to pieces. Ugh. I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I play Resident Evil for the, the, the re, 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 re remake of Resident Evil 4 on launch. Like, I'll probably get around to it at some point if it's on sale and it's like 30 bucks. Did you not uh, like the remake of 2? I didn't play the remake of 2. I have no effect what? for Re- Resident Evil 2. I, is it, so my, so I didn't, I didn't, I was not, I didn't have, I didn't really own PlayStation's ver- um, very in like in their prime until, until the PlayStation 3. I only played and so like I didn't, game I played was 4. So like I played and like watched my cousin play Resident Evil's 1 and 0 on GameCube. I played through RE4 on GameCube and then didn't play five, didn't play six, and then you played, um, those seem, those seem bad. Yes. Th- and I played, uh, seven and I played Village. 
And I think that the first, like, the first, like, let's say four hours of those Resident Evil uh, are good, and then fuck the rest of those games. You you have to play the the remake of two. That that was the best game that came out in the year that it was released. I watched uh, Abby Russell play through some of it. It seemed fine, oh, but it was oh, it, man. You got to play through the remake of two. Oh my god! I, I think I think I'll probably end up for because those games go on discount pretty fast. Uh, I'll probably end up playing Resident Evil 4 re-re-remake um, eventually. I'll similarly, like, Last of Us Part 1, like, the, the remake of that is like, it's been on sale for 50 bucks, and I'm like, yeah, that's not down low enough. No, when it, that's when it hits down. 30 bucks, when it hits 30 bucks, I'll buy it, and I'll play through it, and I'll, I'll say, oh, hey, Naughty Dog made a pretty game. That's nice, but I am not paying $70, and I'm still not paying $50. I wouldn't pay $25. Uh, you have to play the remake of, of RE2. I'm <laughs> blown away oh really Dude, i'm not really a, i'm not really not really like a horror person that game is what all survival horror action games like should be like that's the template like that is resident evil boiled down to its most pure essentials they did a fantastic job with that re2 remake and i like the three remake quite a lot people seem to not be as hot on that i really like the three remake but uh, that two one is is unbelievably good well we, we shall see how uh how resident evil 4 um uh balances out and see how i'm into it after that all right let's wrap this sucker up jared where can people find you on the internet twitter.com slash jared russo and by that you mean knitter.net slash jared russo i saw that link keep those fuckers from getting ad dollars keep keep elon musk from making money but it doesn't show any of my tweets though oh that's just because uh, that's just because um of like caching um there's other knitter i could i could swap in another knitter link that would show it it's just like it's like a caching problem whatever um don't don't go don't go to twitter.com to fuck elon musk you want to see what i do head over to grandbruder.com uh for the weekly roar i'm grand Bruder. i'm jared russo have a good one Shop back.